Ready? We are so ready. All right. Hi, everyone. I'm Dan. I'm Carrie. I'm Patrick. And welcome to the 1954 Oscars. This is If I Ran the Oscars, where we take a look at one film from each year of the Academy Awards and to uh, take a look at the category that it won for and then a few other categories to see, you know what, maybe maybe it could have won in these. And in this case, I think it won in all of them. All right. I This year was dominated, I think is a fair word to say, dominated by From Here to Eternity, a film that won eight Academy Awards. Before I was born. Yep. Uh, this The feat of eight Academy Awards was previously managed by Gone with the Wind. Ben-Hur? Mm-hmm. Uh, no. no, Ben-Hur was after this. Ten Commandments? No, no, Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind was 1939. Yeah, before this, and then the very next year with On the Waterfront, oh, which okay. is sitting over there on the table oh, where we'll oh, watch we, it Which we'll do time. next time, okay. So, that was interesting. Lots of people in this one. Lots of names. There are a lot of... Big names are what who would become big names. Yeah. Burt Lancaster, Montgomery Clift, and Frank Sinatra are the male leads. Deborah Karen, Donna Reed, female leads. Wikipedia also says the supporting cast includes, and is not limited to, Ernest Borgnine, Philip Ober, Jack Warden, Mikey Shaughnessy, Claude Aikens, and George Reeves. Some of those names I know, especially Ernest Borgnine. There were a lot of recognizable faces. But... Holy crap, there's a lot of people in this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, while watching this movie, there was some discussion about, this is not a blockbuster movie. It just, the acting seemed very average. Or yeah. when there was emotional scenes, it seemed over the top. Like so, we were in you know, a high school comedy. So I did some looking... Not quite. Not quite a high school comedy. No. But... I did some mm. looking up for the Academy Awards from this year. There's just not a lot of movies that were nominated. It's not like nowadays where, you know, you've got 20-odd categories and there will be like 80 films nominated. Right. I bet you if I did the looking, there wouldn't be more than about 15 films nominated for the major categories. Wow. Uh, best Actor, uh, there were five nominations from four movies. Wow. Because the winner was style from Stalag 17. Okay. Uh, then Marlon Brando and Julius Caesar as Mark Antony. Not mm-hmm. as Julius Caesar. Richard Burton in The Robe. And then okay. Montgomery Clift and Burt Lancaster. Wow. In this oh. movie. <laughs> wow. I uh, So this one, yeah, it won eight, which is ridiculous. And especially for the time, was very yeah unusual for a film to just mm-hmm. run the... The gamut. This was not an original screenplay, which is why this film was in the category of best screenplay, not best story in screenplay. Because this was a, a book first. This was a book first. Best story in screenplay are the films that are original screenplays, mm-hmm. which they would later clarify by having it be original screenplay and adapted screenplay. Sure. The book was in February 26, 1951. Wow. This was a two-year-old book when this movie came out. Huh. Well, because we watched the theatrical trailer as one of the yeah. special features, and it mentioned that it was a controversial book. It is loosely based on the author's experience in pre-World War II Hawaiian Division's 27th Infantry. Okay. Uh, the characters are fictional. The harsh conditions and described events, described events are inventions. Uh, there is some various shenanigans going on. 
Uh, controversial because of what the officer, what the officers were doing with the soldiers, soldiers were doing with each other. Oh, okay. Certain the mistreatment. Ho- certain homoerotic encounters. You know, things like that in the fifties. Oh, I see. Yeah. So that it was. It was. So it, there was a titillation factor that was not the, you know, waspy American norm. Yeah. Uh, won the National Book Award. Huh. N- named one of the 100 best novels of the 20th century by the Modern Library Board. Hmm. So, definitely, uh, at the time, would have been very popular for, very you to see, for you to see, oh, look, a movie based on this book? I want to go see that. Yeah, I've read that book. Okay. And also, it being a World War II thing, this was very fresh in people's minds. And it was a popular genre. We're just piling famous people into it. Mm-hmm. Not all of which, of course, were necessarily too famous at the time. They weren't household names at that no. time, necessarily. Well, Frank Sinatra was. Frank Sinatra was getting there. He mm-hmm. had not fully... He had not overtaken all of media just yet mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. Uh, Fred Zinneman uh, is important to talk about uh, because of his risk-taking as a director. Okay. Mm-hmm. I... While watching this film, we definitely noticed, while there were times they were definitely on a set because matching up your lighting with the screen being projected behind you is hard, they were definitely on location a lot. They were. At the ocean. Yep. On streets. On a beach. On streets with people, which is something that he definitely was. You said he was a pioneer in that. First, uh, Wikipedia saith, uh, among the first directors to insist on using authentic locations and for mixing stars with civilians to give his films more realism. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to one historian, his style demonstrated his sense of psychological realism and his apparent determination to make worthwhile pictures that are nevertheless highly entertaining. Hmm. Among his films, The Search, The Men, High Noon, 1952, okay. this movie, Oklahoma, 1955, okay. The Nun Story, A Man for All Seasons, The Day of the Jackal, and Julia. His huh. films have received 65 Oscar nominations and won 24 of them. Wow. He himself has four for directing. He directed and introduced a number of stars in their film debut, including Marlon Brando, Rod Steger, Pierre Angeli, Julie Harris, Brandon DeWilde, Montgomery Clift, Shirley Jones, and Meryl Streep. Wow. Wow. Directed 19 actors to, actors to Oscar nominations, including Sinatra, Clift, Hepburn, Glennis Johns, Paul Schofield, Robert Shaw, Wendy Hiller, Jason Rowards. Vanessa Redgrave, Jane Fonda, Gary Cooper, and Maximilian Schell. Glennis John? Yeah. yeah. This guy did some work. Wow. Yeah. For sure. I don't I don't know if I can quite say something as bold as kind of the Scorsese of the 50s, but if you're going to be like a risk-taking director that's doing stuff like he pulled off in this movie, it kind of feels that way. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and for our 2020, you know, selves... It's really difficult to go back to a film that is this old because we are so used to better screenwriting, better acting, better cinematography, better lighting, better set, better everything. Yeah. And it's hard to go back and look at this and and realize that this was cutting edge at that time. Exactly. Uh, so the novel being controversial, I looked up uh, one of the Wikipedia entries is differences from the novel. Because okay, they did have sure. to change something. Uh, they were changed or eliminated to satisfy the production code office and the U.S. Army. Mm-hmm. Now, you'll notice that at the beginning of the film, it did not say anything about the Army. And that's because after the film got done, mm-hmm. people besides who they showed the script to looked at it 
and said, what? No. Oh, sure. So still wasn't good enough. But the cooperation was needed because they shot on location at Schofield Barracks. They used training aircraft because there are actually airplanes in this movie and obtained military footage of Pearl Harbor because they definitely had large explosions of boats. They did. They did. And this was way before you could pull that off with either CG or really do a convincing miniature. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. So it was real. They, want, they wanted... And this was footage that people had technically seen. Sure. Because World War II, they had... There were newsreels. There were newsreels and things. But I think at this time, people were not used to seeing it in entertainment media. This is before you could get away with movies like Pearl Harbor or Midway or, you know, the... Tom Hanks staying in business market of U.S. military movies. Right, right. So a lot of that going on here. Uh, Rundown of so many people in this movie. Uh, Burt Lancaster, by this time, he was getting started on uh, running a production company, actually. Okay. Uh, Hecht Hill Lancaster. Uh, He came back from World War II and then was in Broadway. Before World War II, he was a circus acrobat. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, his breakthrough role was The Killers, uh, alongside Ava Gardner, which launched both their careers. Uh, in 56, he starred in The Rainmaker with Catherine Hepburn, and in 57, Gunfight at the OK Corral with Kirk Douglas. Right. He does right. he winners just... year after year. Yep. Uh, Montgomery Clift, who is the most, the highest name on this list that I did not recognize, mm. one of the original method actors of Hollywood along with Marlon Brando and James Dean. Huh. One of the first actors to be invited to study at the Actors Studio with Lee Strasberg and Elia Kazan. Uh, he also executed a rare move by not signing a contract after arriving in Hollywood, only doing so after his first two films. So, you know, interesting. And his first film was 48. This was pretty early in his career. Yeah. Uh, he would go on to make films through the 60s. He did not have a very long career. He did not. Montgomery Cliff died young at 46. Yep. Kind of feeling like James Dean all over again. Yeah. Uh, Deborah Kerr, uh, in a previous podcast, we've discussed her. We have. We have. Uh, she <laughs> uh, holds the record for an actress most nominated in the lead actress category without winning at six. Wow. Wow. Really? I Last time we talked about her was... Uh, she was in that trilogy. She was a, a woman of substance. Woman, she was the woman of substance. That's she right. was in fact. But most notably, people would recognize her as uh, the female lead in The King and I. Yes. Which we which may come up because it definitely won awards. Yeah, that's right. But she's done a lot of stuff. Uh, wow. 1994. Okay. Having already received honorary awards from Cannes and BAFTA, she received an Academy, Academy Honorary Award, recognizing her as an artist of impeccable grace and beauty a dedicated actress whose motion picture career has always stood for perfection, discipline, and elegance. That was a nice way of saying, we're sorry you never won. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, Donna Reed, who is the person we had to pay attention to for this movie right. because of the best supporting actress role. Well, because of our random yep, choice. our random choice thing. Her best known role is in It's a Wonderful Life. Yes, indeed. Where she plays Mrs. Bailey. So the librarian. Yep. And I believe this is her only Academy Award. Yeah. Well, I didn't think her acting was that stupendous, but then again, uh, I'm looking at it with a 2020. Vision. By 1958, she she's known mostly for her work in television, which is yeah. why we don't see a lot of her in here because she was Donna Stone 
a middle-class American mother and house life in the sitcom The Donna Reed Show. The Donna Reed Show. A uh, bunch of Emmy Awards nominations, won a Golden mm-hmm. Globe. Uh, she replaced Barbara Belgedes G-E-D-D-E-S, in Dallas for a season huh. after they left. And then she sued them when the original actress came back and they're like, sweet, we're putting her back in the show, get out of here. Oh, funny. Well, Dallas was a huge deal. Oh yeah, Dallas was a huge deal. Uh, Frank Sinatra, also in this one. Mm-hmm. I, but he won an he won an Oscar. For he this. did. He got the he got the Academy Award for supporting in this one. Uh, he was definitely a singer before then because his first album was 1946. I uh, but he had already gone to Las Vegas and joined the Rat Pack. Right before Be- this, because yeah, but that's because his normal like all of the country popularity was falling. And he basically went to Las Vegas where he could have a steady job without having to impress oh. the entire world. But then this happened. Then he started being in more movies. Then he started a record label. And then his career took off. This this and the Rat Pack is what made so his career. So because, because he did a good job of dying in this film. Oh yeah. But like, it. New York, New York was 1980. That's ridiculous. I didn't realize that Frank Sinatra was married four times. Oh yeah, of course he was. Well, that's the way they mostly do. the people you've heard of. I it didn't. I didn't know he was in the Manchurian Candidate. Oh, he's been the original. There. Yeah, the, of course the original. I and the one actor who was not a main guy that I recognized the name of, and I didn't realize just how much silliness I recognized him from was Ernest Borgnine. Mm-hmm. Right, because he's been in a lot. Of course uh, he has. You don't realize just how much a lot he's been in that. I... Well, I re- remember him from my childhood in the 60s. Yeah. Yeah. He earned his third primetime Emmy in 2009. Sure. At age 92 for his work on the 2009 series finale of ER. Wow. Of what? ER. Oh, really? Yep. He was known as the original voice of Mermaid Man on SpongeBob SquarePants. Nice. From 99 to his death in 2012. Nice. Wow. He also... Uh, voiced the villain in All Dogs Go to Heaven 2. Nice. <laughs> nice. When like did he it. start his career? I'm, I was curious about that. Well, it was after he it. was in the actual Navy. Yeah, he was in the actual Navy. Uh, acting career, after World War II, factory job, stage. He was a, uh, His first stage role was 1947. Hmm. Broadway was 1949. Uh, his first motion motion picture was 1951. This was... this movie was his big break. What was 51? Wow. The was Whistle at Eaton Falls. But from here to eternity was his. This just launched a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. Huh. Really. Well, and to be with a director that's doing something out of the ordinary. Yeah. He had to take a couple chances. He was. I mean, these were. He was definitely outside of the mold, and I think then that also propelled this movie into a different status it's like when you know when star wars came out yeah when i was a teenager it was new and it was so new and it was it was all the rage because it was so new yeah and the filming techniques and so forth yeah the acting wasn't that great yeah so this one so last movie we could kind of look at it as it was and Mm -hmm. yeah we had to adjust for the casual misogyny of the 50s. Sure, sure. But it didn't really need the time and place of the film to understand, okay, well, yeah, it's going to be right, a right. bad film, but mm-hmm. 
people would have liked it then. This one, you definitely need to know when it was made. Right. When the book came out, things like that, for you to understand why audiences went to go see it. Now, Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone necessarily had a, like, actively bad... I... Sorry, I was looking for the blink. Is the red light on on the... Yeah. The red light is on. I can't see it from this side. I got very paranoid. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, bad acting job. Yeah. It wasn't bad. Maybe not fantastic. Yeah. By our... Again, by our standards. But... And we had just we've just watched a John Wayne movie, and John Wayne is John Wayne. He's John Wayne, but he's not like he doesn't deliver his lines in an interesting way. If we're gonna be straight with ourselves, well, I think John Wayne always comes across as the same kind of character. Yeah, every time you see him, I I'm never quite sure that I believe in his characters because I think it's just John Wayne. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. something that was interesting for this movie because. The people who were in this movie were not like badass army guys or even normal army guys. Because mm-hmm. Frank Sinatra is a you know a Las Vegas musician, right? Mm-hmm. And Deborah Kerr is also not usually in this role. I uh, multiple uh, things talking about how good Frank Sinatra's casting was up to and including Burt Lancaster mm-hmm. later in life about how this role was just so out there for him mm-hmm. and he pulled it off because he did mm-hmm. i thought he pulled it off quite yeah. well as mm-hmm. as uh as far as the leads the primary actors yeah. in this show i thought he did his role pretty well yeah because he he was he at least showed a variety of of uh relationship connections to the different characters yeah. and stuff like that so let's start with i uh, donna reed do we think that, without having seen any other movies from this year, do we think that her performance in this movie was good enough for the Academy Award? I repeatedly said during the film that I didn't think so. I think that we definitely would have to see the other films to see if we had gotten to a point where, you know, the casual misogyny was misplaced and female actors were pulling things off better than jungle films. I don't know. It, well... In a vacuum? I don't think so. Yeah. But this isn't in a vacuum. But we don't know what it's compared yeah. with. We'd have to watch the other four movies that were nominated. And because we're to tell. new in the podcast, yeah. where this is only our second episode, we really don't have a firm feel for where are we in the historical progression of acting, yeah. the historical progression of the Academy Awards mm-hmm. yet. In a couple more episodes, we'll be a little bit better grounded in knowing what kind of acting to expect. Yeah. Now, we are. Uh, having looked forward, we're going to be watching a lot of war movies, so maybe there won't be as much female acting in these movies as we're <laughs> hoping for. Well, it was interesting that she she um, was introduced as a character who was there to, if you will, entertain the entertain army men. guys. Yeah. And entertain men. And I thought that was believable. Well, there's... The a- way she played it. I mean, that, that it was her job. I wonder if there's. There, some, I wonder if there's know. something to the part that she was playing being a new part in film at the time because it was definitely the you know hostess that runs away with you know the man that she's there to entertain. I don't. Was that new at the time? Maybe. Eh. No. Probably not. Mm-hmm. Well, and, but it but it yeah. it was interesting how then her character converted from the the woman who was doing her job to entertain the men to 
I think she her character became more like an average person. Yeah. More nurturing. When she was not working. Yeah. And she actually connected with other characters like a real person would, not just somebody doing a job. Yeah. And so I thought there were some interesting things like that that went on with her character yeah. that, that I thought she did okay with. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I agree with you. kind of felt like, eh, Oscar performance? Nah. Well, I, I still you know. felt like I didn't necessarily care about her character. Yeah. yeah. What about when it was getting close to the end and she was so sad? She's a liar. <laughs> I mean, I mean, her character lied about things. Her cal- character seemed shallow to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's, yeah. Yeah, I'm also again, sitting here still, in 2020. You know, we're still kind of in the, again, we're still kind of in the era of jungle films where you put the yeah. women in the movie because women hot. Yeah. yeah, right. Because <laughs> we like to watch her walk away. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah, that was There in was this a film. little bit of that in this There was film, a little yes. bit in that movie. A little bit of this in almost every yeah. scene. Yes. So, the three other categories. First one is Best Director. Oh, which he won for this which, film. Which, which he definitely won for this film. And yeah. I would probably agree. I yeah. think so. Yeah. I think that having the, the actual scenery being filmed on location. The work that it took to get filming on a military base with actual aircraft mm-hmm. and things like that. Even if it was just for those parts, it would have definitely been revolutionary at the time. Mm-hmm. One thing I specifically noted toward the end of the film, they were uh, shooting a scene from way high up, looking down in the parade yard of yeah. this uh, mm-hmm. military field, and you could see the straight lines in the grass from where they were marching. And if this had been a just a made set? a set made for this film, there there would not have been lines. There would not have been the lines that went, you know, cutting uh, straight across the field. Yeah, it wouldn't have happened that way. Mm-hmm. But because they were shooting on location, I think that added that little bit of realism that made made me believe in it more. Well, and a and a camera perspective from an airplane was an airplane yeah. or mm-hmm. or a helicopter or mm-hmm. something that was. Probably a pretty big deal mm-hmm. for them. I wonder if. Give me a quick second. Now they do it all the time, and right. they do it with drones. So sure. you know. filming. <laughs> but I think that they you know they filmed out at the From ocean. The there were times when to change between scenes, it would just be a scene of big ocean splashing in black and white. So then you have to. Oh, if I search about... for filming on an airplane, it just tells me whether or not you can take cell phone videos on an airplane now. Well, guess I'm not looking that up right now. Let's not do that. <laughs> let's not do that during COVID. All right. Uh, next category: best costume design. I'm not sure that there's a, a lot to design. There was not a lot of costuming going on here. Now we can we talk some about really great say, Hawaiian shirts, like the action. the ladies' costumes. The ladies' costumes were pretty good. It actually there was a byline at the beginning that said "gowns by," and it had the a listing right at the very beginning. So. That person actually, because, you know, in these old films, there are so few credits. They're at the beginning of the film, and it's just a couple of minutes worth. But there was a line. It said, Gowns by, and I forget the person's name. Jean Louise, perhaps? Yeah. They were nominated, did not win. But, see, they, because... And definitely, if you go to their Wikipedia page, their picture is not their face. It's a dress. I tell you what, <laughs> the dresses that Deborah Kerr wore... Yep. Those were really interesting. Very they, interesting necklines. They have one for uh, best costume design. Oh, that, that this, studio? This person. Uh, mm-hmm. But they were 
friggin' prolific for about a decade and a half. Mm-hmm. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 films nominated or won for between 1950 and 1967. Good for them. I, they were doing it right. Yep. So that was interesting. Yeah, I did notice there were... Um, now, I didn't notice um, Donna Reed's clothing quite as much. Well, she was also... Well, she was not her, supposed to be as... Like, her clothes were not the reason you were looking at her. Right. Well, and she wasn't supposed to be as... Rich. Um, right. She and, was a waitress. She was a plain girl. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right. So where, depending on who you listen the, uh, to from the critics You know, the general's wife. Yeah. There are those who would say that she was a prostitute, but they couldn't say that. Well, she well, she was in the book, but they yeah. changed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the third category is the split version, depending on uh, which one we roll of uh, best screenplay or best story in screenplay. Hmm. Well, this one was a book first. This one was a book first, so this one was in the screenplay category. So what do we think about the screenplay? So does this where I... You know, I want the the dialogue to be better. Well, you're not going to do that on a military base. I, not, well, and yeah. I've never, you know, walked around mm-hmm. in a military base, yeah. so I don't know what the dialogue should like. Now, as someone who's worked in a warehouse, mm-hmm. I can say that the farther away you get from the normal people have to look at you, the less you do normal people things. Okay. Army right. base, probably more so because they've got like a lot of testosterone running around, especially when women could be in the military. That's true, because that was long ago. And so you're going to devolve into... Penis jokes? Yeah. The, the you know, testosterone is running your vocabulary. Well, yuck. So, I think in that aspect, they did an okay job. They could have done worse. it up enough. Like, I... This is definitely not a movie like Jarhead or The right. Hurt Locker. Mm-hmm. More recent films that have to deal with the military and mm-hmm. taking a very realistic and possibly unflattering look at how the military presents itself okay. when no one is looking. But this was not a film where people in the military were portrayed as, like, righteous and good. True. And a lesser director probably would have barked it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, this film did win for Best Screenplay. Huh. Hmm. Well, and hmm. you wonder if that's riding the the wave of, of this, the book? this book that was controversial. Probably almost this, certainly. You know, a book that pushed... The boundaries of proper society and and what is right and what is wrong yeah. and, and what was perceived at that time as correct American morality. Yeah. Now there was another category this year of best story, oh. which is I don't know what the difference between best story and best screenplay. Yeah, it's it's complicated because they just keep mixing them around. <laughs> uh, it was not nominated in that one, but there was. One film that was nominated for Best Screenplay and one for Best Story. So, clearly it was different things. Sure. But I don't know. Either but, way. But we don't know how that works. Good. It's complicated. I don't think this one is a slam dunk, people should watch this movie, mm-hmm. like I think so many of the other ones in this list will be. But, you, you, but you're right. It's got to go in historical context. Yeah. There's, there's a... I think it's a good watch in context. Yeah. yeah, it's it's definitely mm-hmm. and and because it was so popular at the time, I mean, it's it's worth a watch from the perspective of what what why did people want to watch this? Why did they want to view this film? And it is in the National Film Rig. Well, put there in two thousand and two. So. Well, and the just the for the directing and the cinematography that was so different. Mm-hmm. 
then it's it's a worthwhile film from a historical perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's enough talking about this movie with a bunch of famous people in it. Uh, right. Tune in next week when we watch a movie with Marlon Brando in it. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do that. Uh, and I don't think we have a sign-off. Do we need a sign-off? Should no. we have a sign-off? We'll, we're gonna that's be homework no I don't want to do homework you have to dub in some music or something yeah. no but Dan I will we'll, we'll have the music playing us off and we'll have to talk yeah. about how we thank the academy yeah <laughs> I, I think it was this year that someone got cut off and his acceptance speech was thank you because they ran out of time oh wow and he oh. took out he paid for advertising on TV mm-hmm. afterwards to thank everyone that he wanted to thank to basically do his acceptance but No, we're not doing an acceptance speech. We're done. No, we're good. Bye.